feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby show there are new estimates of how much it may be costing New York City for all the illegal migrants in the Big Apple and it's no surprise because we are seeing more and more buses coming into New York City we're seeing a couple also going out from New York City and now there are some who are saying it's basically costing New York City not five million dollars a day but potentially $8 million a day. That is a stunning, stunning amount when you think about the cost of migrants on New York City. We're talking about housing. We're talking about food. We're talking about health care, education. Think about all of these different things. That is a fortune. And things are getting so bad that now a number of people are looking at a whole bunch of different avenues. As you guys know, I host Katz and Cosby at 5 o'clock, and John Katzenmatidis, my great co-host and also the head of Red Apple Media, was suggesting Rikers Island. Put them in Rikers Island. Put the migrants there. We were talking with Rudy the other day, and he thinks that you could potentially have, you know, maybe up to 80,000 migrants there. Take off the doors, they were saying. Maybe put some cots in, make it look a little bit nicer. At least it's isolated, it's contained. But why not go for there? Because we are at a bursting point. And we are really totally busting at the seams on so many different levels. At what point do we say, wow, why did we vote for any of this? Those of you who picked people like an Alvin Bragg and those of you who picked progressive policies Well, guess what? You got what you paid for uh, because, my goodness, I didn't vote to suddenly say I'm going to pay millions of dollars of taxpayer money from everybody in New York to go to migrants. Again, when we heard five million people like, wow, I can't believe that five million dollars a day. And now that it is climbing up to potentially some are saying eight million dollars a day. That is a stunning, stunning amount. And in the middle of all of this. Uh, We are having some good news, at least. Remember, we were talking about the schools dealing with migrants in the gyms. And we know that a number of students were pulled out of classes at several schools, including the ones in Brooklyn, because the parents were like, forget about it. This is not going to happen under my watch. And remember, here is a little bit of them protesting, because when they heard that migrants, mostly adult males, are going to be placed in a gym Next to the school, that's part of the school, adjacent next to the school. Boy, what could go wrong with that? Here is some of the parents up in arms about that issue. Take a listen. Give us back our gym. We need it for the kids. Give us back our gym. We need it for the kids. We want our gym back. 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 Well, now we are hearing from New York City. That the idea of putting them in gyms was maybe just a little bit of a respite, not necessarily even for temporary housing. Uh, that's hogwash, obviously, because 
You could see even at the schools they were setting up cots. They were doing all these other things. And now suddenly, after parents were protesting and so angry and so vocal, guess what? They started breaking down the cots and breaking down the other things. So when they said, oh, no, we just meant it to be really, really short term. It was just an idea. Right. They already had the moving vans in. They were all ready. And they did not expect parents to just be so furious and so up in arms. So I say bravo to the parents because now the city has basically said, we're going to maybe look at other alternatives. We maybe don't need to put them in schools at all because that was just a little sort of flash in the pan idea. Well, I think they underestimated the value of these vocal parents who were just going crazy and having them and their kids protesting outside of the schools. They also saw, of course, the kids were being pulled out of classes because the parents were like, uh-uh, we don't want to go uh, and have our kids at a school where migrants are going to be next door. I don't blame them. I mean, that to me is just ludicrous. But the fact that they were actually thinking of that and they seemed to be totally unprepared that there would be this outcry from parents. You'd have to have a hole in your head. If you couldn't figure out that that would be a problem for parents, anybody with a respect of their child would say, I'm not going to put my kid in a school that has a gym filled with migrants, particularly single adult males. I think that that's not necessarily the what should be in the gyms adjacent to my kid's school. So the good news is it looks like the parents have won a little bit because those vocal protests that everybody has been covering Really got to, it looks like, to the city, and at least some good news that at least at most of the schools, they will not be putting in migrants for now. Take a listen. Here's Harris Faulkner on Fox News talking about that. I want people to understand the makeup of PS-172 in particular. And and you really could say this about pretty much any inner city school here in the New York five boroughs. When um, the city government said that, oh, well, you know, they're in the adjacent gym, they were like 20 feet apart. Right. (laughs) Because there's no real estate left in New York. So these children, very young children, were housed, potentially going to be long-term, because everybody keeps saying, oh, no, 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 from the city's office, the mayor's office, it was going to be short-term. Well, it wasn't supposed to be 13 hours, right? right? The parents won on this. So just a few minutes before this show began, uh, Miguel Chico, he has two daughters at PS72, and he said he was part of that. You know, we stood out, we organized in front of the school. You saw some of that video. And they said to the school, look, we have a heart for the, the immigrants. They need yes. water, they need showers. They can't get that here in the gym. But our girls need to be protected, too. They yes. don't need to be with adults. So the parents won. The parents won. Bravo to the good and vocal parents. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The sad reality is we are busting at the seams. And just because they weren't going to the gyms, at least short term now, thanks to the vocal parents, it doesn't mean we're not going to see them all over New York City and maybe all over New York State. Listen to this dire warning that was said just recently from Governor Kathy Hochul, because she is predicting that we're basically going to look like a third world nation. I mean, listen to this. This is the governor of New York State who is proclaiming that New York State and particularly New York City is basically going to look like uh, like a war zone. Take a listen to this one. Let us have a large field and operations. We can put up the tents. You're going to start seeing people living in tents, not just on the border, 
but in the streets of New York and across New York State, because we've reached a breaking point. We've reached a breaking point, and we're going to see people in tents and sleeping on the streets more than we already do in New York? My goodness, look at all the homeless people uh, on marijuana and everything else that are already taking up the streets of New York. Do you want to suddenly have it be when you're walking outside that there are now 500 homeless people camped out on the sidewalk in front of you when you're trying to go to the store or go to the gas station, wherever you're going? That is what the governor is saying. And yet, all she's saying is to the president is we need more money. I don't hear a single Democrat saying, basically, we need a different strategy. Plug the border. For goodness sake, that's what you should be saying. You should be saying, close the border, Mr. President. All they're saying is, we need more federal money so we can basically take care of them better. That's not what we want. I mean, is that what you want? Do you think we should, the solution is sending more money so more people can get housed and fed and get all these other free things? What is the solution? Where are we headed? Is it like an endless stream of money and not turning anybody back? Again, mostly at U.S. taxpayers' expense, whether it's federal dollars or whether it's state dollars. Does that make any sense to any of you? It doesn't to me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Reed, I'm glad to be the leadoff batter on your show. A uh, little baseball I played back in the day. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, real quick. I started with the MTA in 1978. We all started off as privates. I retired as a supervisor. And a shout-out to all the good callers. Joe from Jericho, my daughter, will be 33. She was a teacher at Jericho. Not like some of these loony kazoonies uh, who call uh, whatever. Uh, you know what? And we it's have a couple control. of those for sure, Mike, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that white, white planes want to be Howard Stern, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, the migrants out of control. How would you like to be a parent, you know, of, of, uh, your children in grammar school and you have to, uh, digest this? The migrants and they're going to be using what? The gymnasium? Oh, it's not attached to the school. It, it is like, going to be 15 million i believe rita that donald trump said uh by end of the year you know that that's we'll what be that's what office. in fact he told it uh that's what he said in the interview uh that we did with him when we talked to the former president yeah he was saying right. 15 million and he believes by the way the number of gotaways is woefully underestimated like Right now, and they think in the last year, there's like one million gotaways that we have zero record of. Not that we're keeping track of even the ones that we let through. Even the ones we let through, they're like, hey, uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know your background. I'll take your word for it. And come back in right. eight or nine years, and then we'll vet you. I mean, how do you think right. anybody's going to show up? What a bunch of like, uh, to me, it is downright derelict, Mike. It really is. It's outrageous. I get it so is. angry what's happening to our border. Yeah. It's a good word, derelict. And, you know, I, I watched, uh, you know, the interview with Biden. He's leaving the room. He doesn't want to field any questions. Going to Japan and, and the vice president, they're oblivious with her phony smile and her laugh. The borders are fine. Yeah, right. Central borders, uh, the bus is over to your joint in D.C. Exactly. And you can wax poetic. And by yeah. the way, there's and a lot of, there's a lot of land there. They could send them there. Uh, the Naval <laughs> Observatory has a lot. Go ahead, Mike. You know, uh, real quick, Rita, I always try to, uh, give, to get to my point. Your show just started, and uh, uh, the way you acknowledge police 
and the veterans is that is outstanding. And I can't believe I heard this on Curtis's show. I can't believe Barack Obama is a billionaire. Gee, how did that happen? He's a shakedown artist too. <laughs> yeah, that is that. Uh, that's a lot of speeches or a lot of books or who knows what. But and Mike, by the right. way, thank you also um, because we love supporting the police. And to me, I love I being know. able to give yeah. them a shout out. And thank you for your also your great service, as you mentioned on the MTA. You're terrific, Mike. Thank you very much. We love you. You're awesome. Let's go to Tony, line six. Tony, your thoughts. Oh, let's hear it for parents. Yay, parents. They have power to the parents. I, I know. I'm so proud of By them. By the way, this I... should this should be like the power to the parents, like, uh, decade. Because remember, first they were called domestic terrorists, and then those mothers, you don't get a mother mad. You know, you get those mothers, and they were mother blank. Uh, you know, they were at those, those hearings, and they were, like, tearing into, you're calling us a domestic terrorist? What, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. And then on the migrant issue, they were out there, and then they had the kids with them. They had the bullhorns. I mean, you got to be super organized to be a mom, you know what I mean, to take care of kids. So they, you don't mess with them. They were like, you know, tiger moms, you know, lion moms. I, you know? <laughs> I was so proud, you know, Rita. They were wonderful. Now, on the national side, we had really good news. Um, I don't know if you heard, Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of our congresswomen, who is a bit eccentric, but you know what? I'm proud of her, too, because she's introduced today impeachment proceedings against President Biden for the whole border issue. And and also, by the way, uh, a number of them are also pushing for Christopher Wray on the FBI side. Uh, you know, for, yeah. for their lack there. But you're right. She did. We're, now, but do you think it's going to go anywhere? No, but what I do say, and this is what I did, the only thing we can do as citizens is we have the power to do what the moms did and to speak up and to call your congressman. And we've talked to everyone about this. Just take a minute, call your congressman and your senator and say, I want you to go along with Marjorie Taylor Greene on the impeachment. Every listener, please do that, because that's how it happens. There's a lot of people who are stalling. Our country is stalling, Rita, and we need our people to show their power. Well, so and, and by America. the way, and Tony, you know, the way that um, Biden, you think about him, his dereliction, as I was saying before, and, and you agree with that word, Tony, I feel like that aspect of an open border think about how detrimental and how dangerous that is to our country and the world um it raises to a higher level than any of this manufactured russian collusion which we know was bunk um you know the the phone call which turned out to be bunk it didn't go anywhere you know all the the double impeachment of trump uh what they're going after what she's going after biden for is a heck of a lot more tied to national security and the safety of our homeland uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see where this goes, if others might join the, the heap and also if it actually uh, has any legs to it, you know, or if it's just symbolic. I mean, we don't have the Senate. That's the problem. The Republicans do not have the Senate um, and the Republicans have the House, uh, but they don't have the Senate. So you can only you could impeach, but you couldn't remove because there's no way in heck any Democrats would ever vote for this. Um, so on one hand, it's symbolic, but who knows? Maybe uh, some Democrats eventually in the Senate might see the light and see how bad things are at the border and realize that this is just it, it to me. It is the fundamental 
failure of any president if you cannot protect the homeland. And how can you say he is, given what he's done with the border? Uh, Tony, great call. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. And by the way, everybody, um, also next week could be a huge week. In GOP politics, there's word that Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor who we've had here on the show a number of times, is preparing to announce his entrance into the 2024 GOP presidential race. That could happen in a matter of days. Also, Tim Scott, who uh, we interviewed on Cats and Cosby a few days ago, uh, he is going to announce, basically told us on the show, he's going to announce uh, on Monday. Uh, that he is entering the fray, of course, uh, senator there in South Carolina. And then Ron DeSantis also is expected, according to a number of reports, to enter the fray as early as next week. So there could be three big names in the fray, adding to, of course, all the others that are there already, including Nikki Haley, who we had on the show a couple of days ago, and, of course, the leading candidate by far, President Donald Trump, who is still leaps and bounds. There was a new poll I saw just a little bit ago, and he is still at least 30, if not more, points ahead of DeSantis. Of course, DeSantis hasn't officially announced yet. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens once DeSantis, if he indeed officially gets into the race next week. And then we see somebody like a Chris Christie also, who at one point was close to the president, then sort of had a falling out, now has been pretty critical of the president, uh, and has a little bit of a similar style of Trump, even though they're not same policies, but it's an interesting style. Uh, DeSantis, a very different style. And then you've got Tim Scott, also a very different personality, too. Uh, but three sort of interesting folks who may enter the race, and it'll be interesting to see how that changes the dynamics in the presidential race, if it does at all. Uh, and will it still show that, you know, Trump will dominate or will some kind of peel a little bit off? We shall see. Meantime, of course, the border is going to be a huge issue, especially for any GOP candidate. We were just talking, Tony was talking about how Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman from Georgia, came out and officially entered articles of impeachment. She introduced them against President Biden and much of it for his poor handling of the border. So where do you see the situation headed? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line five. Pete, your thoughts, my friend. Pete, how you doing there? Pete, call us back. You're always on the ball. Pete's giving me silence tonight. Pete, call back. We love you. We love you. Let's go to Steve on two. Steve, your thoughts. 
Good evening, Rita. Good evening. What are you thinking? Uh, Marjorie Greene, she's got guts. More guts than any male Republican. It's a, it's a, they're a disgrace. McCarthy should step down. He's a failure so far. Marjorie Greene should take his place. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think it's going to go anywhere, these articles of impeachment, though, that she has introduced? Probably not, but just the fact that she's going through it, she's got guts. The male Republicans are failures so far. They talk tough, and they've done nothing. Yeah, you know what? I will say, you know, I use the expression, she has cojones, and she does. I will, you know, she's out there. She speaks her mind. Uh, she's, you know, I also give her credit. She sticks to her values. Some people feel, obviously, you know, some of them are, you know, a little out there. Some of the things she's made comments in the past. But I will say she has does have guts and she's sort of stayed to to her values. Absolutely. And I'll tell you right now, Trump should should consider making her vice president if he should win. Absolutely. Well, I, you're, I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if he picks a woman. Um, and in fact, my gut, Steve, I think he'll either pick a woman. He might even pick. An African American like a Tim Scott. Um, he might. Who knows? Uh, he might. There's Carrie Lakes in the hopper. Nikki Haley. Uh, who knows? Maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's been by his side. We'll continue your calls, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the show, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families. A powerful story coming from New Jersey, where Middlesex County School Superintendent, Township Police Officer, that combination rescued a man from a burning home. It happened in Edison, New Jersey, where New Jersey Police Officer Joseph El Cumos, and also Middlesex County Superintendent of Schools, Kyle Anderson. Well, now they are being held as heroes as they dashed into a burning home to help save a man's life. And it happened just a few days ago. Kyle Anderson, the superintendent of schools, braved billowing smoke and flames to locate a resident in the back of a home in the township. And then he guided the officer to the man, even as smoke Filled the home. Together they were able to take the man to safety after he had apparently become disoriented from smoke inhalation. The 50 year old resident is now being treated at a local hospital for injuries, and the injuries are said to be not life threatening thanks to the heroic work of these two men. And the Edison fire chief called the episode a life saving rescue. And said the combination of these two guys being at the right place at the right time and also being so courageous absolutely saved this man's life. What a great story about teamwork and the superintendent of schools and also that New Jersey police officer saving the 50-year-old resident's life. And again, the injury is not threatening and it could have been so much worse. And of course, we always love every night here on the show honoring our great law enforcement Well, we are talking about the price of migrants on New York City and also America. The numbers are stunning. For example, in New York City alone, they believe that there's at least 65,000 illegal migrants in New York City. And Governor Hochul is saying they are busting at the seams, basically preparing New York 
for what she says is almost going to look like a third world country that we can expect to see tents all over the place. We can expect to see people sleeping on the sidewalk. She says we are, quote, at the breaking point. And we certainly are at the breaking point, especially financially and physically. We already have half of the hotel rooms in New York City filled with illegal migrants. Shelters are being overwhelmed to the degree where homeless individuals, homeless Americans, are being kicked out, basically, to make room. We know stories of where veterans were getting kicked out of hotels in Orange County to make room for migrants. They are everywhere, and the buses keep coming. Some came in the last 24 hours. They're estimating it's anywhere from, like, 600 to 700 a day alone coming to New York City in terms of the number of migrants. And they're anticipating that over the next few days we will see anywhere from 13 to 20 Buses full of migrants coming to New York. Well, obviously, we were telegraphing that, indeed, it is a sanctuary city. They hear that they get free housing. They get put up in a nice hotel. They get food. They get health care. They get all that stuff. And who wouldn't want to live when you get all that stuff for free, when you get all the perks for free? I'm all for people coming to this great country. It is the greatest country in the world. But we got to vet them. we got to check them. And we also have to take care of Americans. We can't disregard our veterans and other individuals that are homeless. We have to take care of our own. And we have to. We should put them at the front. And then, listen, if we can help the migrants, too, that's great. But we are busting at the seams. And the thought of New York City looking, indeed, like a third-world uh, blank hole is not an appealing thought. It's already downhill with crime and so many other things. And now we're hearing it is going to cost New York City, and it is almost right now, about $8 million a day. Those are taxpayer dollars. It just cannot be sustained. It is inconceivable that suddenly New York City taxpayers are footing the bill for $8 million a day at a time where they're talking about maybe cutting services to seniors and others. These are legal American citizens. What has gone so haywire with our priorities? Where have we missed this moment where suddenly people didn't say, wait a minute, this isn't a good idea that we start telegraphing that we're a sanctuary city, start telegraphing that clearly the borders are not secure. There are so many problems right now. First of all, we got to close that border. But we also have to make sure that our American citizens are taken care of first. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Listen to Joe Borelli, of course, local New York politician, who had this to say about the price tab. Well, it's a sign our priorities are completely out of whack. I mean, this is a problem that's now costing $8 million a day. That's more than the entire FDNY, our fire department. Uh, that money could be going for homeless veterans. It could be going for school lunches. It could be going for uh, you know, health care for the sick. It could be going for a whole bunch of services that the city provides. But because we've decided to have this, this woke experiment of being a sanctuary city, uh, we are now essentially boxed in by our own progressiveness uh, and, and and spending money we don't have. It's a shame, and I'm hoping the mayor finds some off-ramp very soon. Uh, Where is the off-ramp for New York City? Do you see one, guys? I don't. 
And Lee Zeldin, of course, who ran against Governor Kathy Hochul on the GOP side, uh, this is what he had to say because he said the Democrats, all they are doing is asking for money, 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 not putting pressure on Biden to close the border. Well, it's a sign our priorities are completely out of whack. I mean, this is a problem that's now costing $8 million a day. That's more than the entire FDNY, our fire department. Uh, that money could be going for homeless veterans. It could be going for school lunches. It could be going for uh, you know, health care for the sick. It could be going for a whole bunch of services that the city provides. But because we've decided to have this, this woke experiment of being a sanctuary city, uh, we are now essentially boxed in by our own progressiveness uh, and, and and spending money we don't have. It's a shame. And I'm hoping the mayor finds some uh, off-ramp very soon. He's hoping the mayor finds an off-ramp very, very soon. And do you think he will? Do you think New York City, do you think America will find an off-ramp soon? And do you think any of these Democrats will have guts to say to Biden, I am happy that Eric Adams has been at least vocalizing that he's displeased clearly with President Biden, so much so that Biden kicked him off, remember, his campaign committee, basically. Uh, He's clearly not happy with any criticism. Uh, I contend it should be much more serious. It should be, Mr. President, we don't just need money. They're asking for basically, Governor Hochul is asking for a billion dollars, saying we need a billion dollars. That's not saying a billion dollars to seal the border. That's a billion dollars to house more migrants. I mean, why don't you say, guess what? Don't give us a billion dollars. Spend a billion dollars and hire Border Patrol agents at the border and close that damn border, Mr. President. Don't you think it's about time? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John. Line 8. John, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Hopefully this is going to wake everybody up. All this NGO for the last two years when Biden opened the flood doors, there's billions of dollars in these trillion-dollar budgets to pay for all these illegals, to pay the Democrat guys, to hire these people and put them where they want. And we know who's making the money, the Democrats and their donors. If you go to any fast food place, a lot of the fast food workers now, I hate to tell you, are illegal. And you know what? Once they get a job, the Department of Labor Laws, New York and Jersey, they can't do nothing. They're stuck with them. So you know what? They're working with less taxes getting all the benefits on top of that while we have to pay for everything. Let's get that straight. And uh, Curtis mentioned today that there's up in neighborhoods they're going to flood with uh, these people. Let's get all these people who who are taking them in. Make sure you tax them double because, you know what, the money they're getting from the NGOs, they're super rich already, raise their taxes. I want to see Hopel and Adams get all these guys who are taking the hotel, all these hotels, all these people, property managers, all the Section 8 people taking them in, you're taking in people with free tax dollars, and you know what? You're making more money, so make sure you double-tax people who are covering them because they don't need that money. They should be doing it just for a nice thing of it and not, not making money out of this deal. Or, or, you, or you know what? Any, any you know what's interesting, John? I also always look at everybody on uh, social media, and my Twitter is at Rita Cosby. You guys send me notes. Somebody last night after the show said, Rita, these people are so generous – why don't we give them even $50 a day to put them up in families, different families around New York City? Adopt them. You know, if you're so generous and you really want to help the migrants, 
Think about the money you'd save, you know, give them 50 bucks a day or make it free or make it even 100 bucks a day. That would still be cheaper than what they're paying at these hotels and everywhere else. What do you think of that idea, John? What about that one? Well, you know what I think it was better? All these woke universities, all these woke colleges. Let me tell you something. You're so happy to scream and yell saying America is, is such a bad place. Well, you know what? Princeton, Harvard, all these top uh, brown uh, everybody, you know what? They got hundreds of thousands of acres all across their properties. Uh, any woke college saying, you know, America sucks. You know what? Takes a hundred acres of their private property where all their kids go there to go to school. You could put a whole bunch of uh, tents over there on every college. Every college saying, you know, oh, you know, America sucks. Well, if you're a woke university like NYU Columbia, put put tents on their property. Let's see them do that. And then you know what? I mean, since they're so generous, take their endowments that have billions of dollars. NYU, Columbia, Princeton, Harvard. Take your endowments and use that money, your money that you have in, in a savings account scrolling, making tons of interest. Use that. Let's, let's see how, how fast they want to do that. It'll be like throwing the illegals out of Martha's Vineyard. That's it, by the way, out. They're not going to do nothing. John, that's exactly what I was thinking. Remember in Martha's Vineyard, they sent a whole bunch of Martha's Vineyard, and that lasted like less than 24 hours. It was like, oh, no, we can't have them here, even though there's obviously tons of property there, and, and Obama's estate. Why didn't Obama take them all in? Uh, some interesting points. Thanks so much. Let's go to Russ. Line two. Russ, your thoughts. Don't forget Dartmouth. The migrants can learn to ski up there in New Hampshire, too. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. By the way, good point. It's kind of nice up there. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Rita, you can just call me Chicken Russ, you know, I mean, because that's how you taunted me the other day. I I didn't call for a day, but, you know, I had a hundred... And actually, actually, Russ, I did do it after you were uh, making some interesting comments on the air, so go ahead. (laughs) I just... I just like to contribute and then go on to other people. But, you know, my first real <laughs> girlfriend was a 100% Polish-American princess from West Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Russ, yeah, I take it, dr- by the way, I take it all back. I'm half Polish. I take it all back. I love you. I, go ahead. I know. I, I, I thought about that's what – she could drive me up a wall just by smiling, laughing, never raising her voice. I get the same feeling from you, you know. You just drive me crazy. Oh, good. But, good. That's yeah, a nice good, thing. Right. Good. So that's an interesting question, but I definitely don't think so. But I do think, let me ask you on this, Russ. Um, I brought up the idea um, that was talked about earlier today, um, John Katsimatidis. And by the way, there was a two-page spread in the New York Post today, uh, basically talking about why Rikers might be a good idea to put them in Rikers. Not as it is now. Obviously, you don't want to put them in jail cells, you know, with with the bars and all that stuff. His suggestion and others... Take the doors off of them. There's all these unused cells. They're all, there's all this area, tons of property. It's isolated. 
at least then you can maybe vet them and go through them and scan them, not put them. And I, and I, I think that that's a very different intent, clearly, than the detention centers of, you know, of, of the old days that you're talking about. Obviously, I think they were obviously improper and over the top. Um, but what do you think of that idea as a serious idea? If it could be made just as it's a location, you could put a whole bunch of them in there. Um, have them, obviously they get their own location till you know that they're vetted, cleared. And if they are cleared or they're approved for asylum, then, you know, allow them or help them or do whatever. But I bet you many of them would not make the clearance, uh, right. just because they don't fit the criteria for asylum, you know? Right. I, uh, Rita, I'm a, a Bernie Trump voter. You know, I believed in open borders because I thought people would be vetted before they were allowed in. You know, the Chamber of Commerce is all behind this. This is about bringing workers here to pay Social Security. Republicans love this invasion. You know, but now I don't... No, 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 no. Not all Republicans do. I mean, by the way, Russ, yes, some of them do like the idea of getting uh, cheaper labor and more workers in, in the economy just in general. But I don't think any Republican likes the idea of, quote, open borders and not having security at the border. Um, and I would hope uh, most of uh, the Democrats, I think maybe if you ask them privately, they would be a little more candid than they are public. Because I, I think it's pretty obvious what's happening across our borders. But what do you real quick? That's not a bad idea, right? What do you think about putting them up in Rikers? I actually think it's actually a creative idea that them screen them. And then if they're here, then maybe help them and do some of these other things. But boy, we'd save a lot of money. Yeah, well, I heard people there say Creedmoor. I heard Bed Bath and Beyond. As long as they're restricted uh, from going in and out, you know, they, they don't have to come if they want to go what, through that. What are they getting? An ironing board and a blender at the same time? What's going on? Uh, yeah. Can I ask you one thing off topic? Because Ken is very strict about going off topic. Is can I ask you one thing off topic? Yeah, well, Ken is allowing it. Ken's Ken's smiling, so he's allowing it. All right, go ahead. He's, he's very strict with the rules. Yeah, you know, yes. he he Ken. rules this place like an iron. It's like. Yes, Ken. What else can we do for you, Ken? Anyway, go ahead. Well, I hear he's very good looking. He has a face for television. But uh, yes, <laughs> yes. By the way, he didn't he tell you he he obviously used to be a male model. Ask him about Curtis, it next time when you get Curtis and Frank Morano. They're totally obsessed. But ripping the scab off an old wound. You know the Citibank woman that was hassling with the bicycle. The woman with the bicycle. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. Okay. What if the Marine had walked into that and decided to be a hero? You know, or, or what if a trans woman Marine decided to choke the woman to death unintentionally, of course. Thanks a lot, Rita, for bring, let me bring that up. Bye. Very interesting. I don't think, you know, the sexual proclivity has anything to do with it. I think if somebody's intention, by the way, Russ, is to help somebody, that's all that matters. I don't think their sexual orientation or any of that matters. Uh, but you're certainly provocative, Russ. And we love that. And I'm glad that you had a Polish girlfriend. Now I do like you. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, retail theft is killing Many major cities in America. We're going to talk about some of the crackdowns that they are trying to do. Also, by the way, uh, a witness has come forward, a fellow strap hanger, who says that she is ready to testify on the behalf of Daniel Penny. Uh, that is, of course, the Marine who was involved in the chokehold death 
of Jordan Neely on a New York City subway. And she says that she is ready to testify and calls Penny a hero and also is encouraging others to come forward. We're going to talk about that also after the break and where you think the case is going from here. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking, of course, about migrants and the fact that the price tab for New York City alone is 8 million dollars a day. Think about that. That is a stunning number. So far, 150 shelters have been set up. Again, 600 to 700 migrants a day are coming in and they are expecting up to potentially two dozen buses coming this weekend. It is about to bust at the seams, even more than it already is. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joan. Line eight. Joan, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. As a former New Yorker, I couldn't resist. I had a call in. I grew up in Staten Island, New York. Awesome. I love yeah, Staten Island. It's great to make your acquaintance. Anyway, Ken asked me what I should talk about, and I would like to talk about why is New York accepting those buses, and where are they coming from? Is that from Greg Abbott? Is he sending them up here? You know, this is a declaration of war. Joe Biden, Eric Adams, Bragg, they all should hang their heads in shame. They got blood in their hands. And another thing, why isn't New York forming a militia like they are allowed to do it in the Constitution? They shouldn't even be allowed to step forth on that property. Well, there's a couple reasons, uh, Joan. First off, some of them are coming from Texas, but the other ones are coming just because people want to come. They're often saying, hey, who, where do you want to go when they come from Texas or they get sent to D.C. or they get flown in? Where do you want to go? Hey, this bus, by the way, over here is going to New York. And guess what? A lot of them here, Sanctuary City, they hear from their friends what they're getting. They see the news. So they hear ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. We get free housing. We get free health care. We get put up in a hotel. We get room service. The word gets out. They see the news. So there, many of them want to come to New York. Because uh, they know they get the freebies. Um, and I agree with you. I think it is such, especially on, on the part of Biden in particular, because Eric Adams at least has been voicing concern to Biden and saying this is crazy. He spent more time in the border than Joe Biden has. At least he went down there and went to the migrants and talked with them, saw the border. Joe Biden did like a popover, remember? And I think he is completely derelict. And I think it's interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying Time to impeach. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, later on, we are going to be talking about how damaging retail theft is in major cities like New York and Chicago because they are being overrun and it's repeat offenders over and over again. We're going to talk about the impact of it and the different solutions that, believe it or not, some political leaders are pitching, which don't seem to even be a drop in the bucket. Also, by the way, 
a witness has come forward, a fellow strap hanger who says she witnessed the subway confrontation between Daniel Penny and Jordan Neely. And this individual is telling the New York Post that Daniel Penny is a hero for restraining the homeless man before his death. The woman's a 66-year-old woman, and she says she will testify on the Marines' behalf if she needs to. And we're going to tell more details of what she said she heard, what she saw, uh, and what she feels should happen to the Marine now. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Of course, it is a case that is making headlines across the country. Tomorrow is also, by the way, everybody, is the funeral of Jordan Neely. Al Sharpton's going to be giving the eulogy. So that will be one for the record books, and we will be listening closely and following and seeing what kind of details come. There's also word that an indictment could come. We know, of course, the Marine has been charged with second-degree manslaughter, but the indictment, in other words, it goes now to a grand jury. That could happen as early as next week. Maybe the grand jury decides not to indict. Maybe the grand jury does what's called a no-true bill and kind of kicks it out and says, hey, we've been on the subway too. <laughs> it's crazy. It's scary as heck. We're not going to go after this guy. You don't know. Uh, but regardless, uh, it will be interesting to see where the case goes. And also, as more people like this woman who came forward to the New York Post, uh, we will talk about the impact on all of that. Meantime, we are talking about the border and, again, these stunning numbers that are coming out of New York City. It's happening to cities around the country that are being outright overrun. And one of the things that makes it so apparent, Mayor Eric Adams of New York had to concede this this morning on MSNBC about what's happening at the border and the immigration's issues that are overwhelming the Big Apple. The Democrats, uh, we're losing this argument. You know, we have an obligation to stay true to what I believe the party stands for, and I think the entire party needs to get behind how we handle this mission. Senator Schumer, Congressman Jeffries, and the New York delegation, they have done an amazing job of getting resources. The resources have not gotten here, particularly through FEMA. And again, is it just resources, or is it saying enough is enough? And also putting pressure on the White House to say, you know what, change the policy. First of all, the White House isn't giving any money, uh, clearly, to local cities to help them. They're not giving money to cities and states to deal with the crisis. That's why we hear the governor begging for a billion dollars. We're hearing Eric Adams begging for lots of money to help with the migrants. Uh, they definitely need it because New York City's being overrun. But again, I would love to see Democrats go to the White House and say, you know what, as a collaborative, as a group, all of them together saying, you know what, Mr. President, enough is enough. Seal the border. Things are so bad. Listen to this. This is Congressman Tony Gonzalez, and he has spent a lot of time in El Paso. He just recently visited a migrant facility there, a shelter there, and listen to the numbers that are in this shelter. How many of them are families? How many of them are single adult males? Listen to this. 
There was 3,000 people in that facility that day, and 2,800 of them were single adult males. What does that mean? That means that the, the bulk of people are coming over or looking exactly like this. That was last week. So now I'm getting reports that there's now even more people in that facility. We're going the, the exact opposite direction. That is amazing. Of 3,000 people, he says, at this border facility that he went to, 2,800 were single adult men. Do you think they're all looking for uh, genuine asylum and persecution? I don't think so. And imagine them being in a school, in a gym, next to pre-K and elementary school kids. I don't think so. Boy, here's a little bit more from Tony Gonzalez, because he says it's time for the White House to step up. Listen to this. There's this dangerous trek that has been going on continues to be a dangerous trek. And it doesn't stop on that southern border, right? It doesn't stop where U.S.-Mexico starts and ends. It just continues on. It keeps getting worse. we got to continue to push the administration to essentially enforce the laws that are already in the books. They're, they're starting to go down that route. But this only changes is if we, unless we keep pushing and holding them accountable using every mechanism we have in Congress. We're the power of the purse. Let's use the power of the purse to, to to force them down a route where they have to secure this border. Is there anything they can do to tighten the purse and say enough is enough? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete, line four. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, this is really, really wild. I never thought I would see anything like this. Uh, in Staten Island, we had a tragedy. A, a 15-year-old kid was on top of the train, and he got his—he got decapitated. And my nephew witnessed it, and uh, he's like devastated. But, oh my God! You know, Wait, now what was he doing? On was he kind of like uh, what do they call it when they're on top of the on top of the train? Train surfing. I worked yep. on that train. There's the overpass is very low. Uh, my nephew, says they dared him. You know, this kid was being picked on in school, and he wanted to be cool, but oh, he didn't have how sad. Uh, so my nephew really is all upset about it and everything. But that's another story. I'm called on this thing. My nephew doesn't go to school. He doesn't follow orders. He doesn't like authority. I get along good room because I don't see him that much. But could you believe they got hey, a Hey, you can get along with anybody they, if you don't see him that much, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I have to because <laughs> that way he's got respect. He calls his father by his first name and his mother by the first name. But he's going to school. He's in a program where they pay him $150 and they give him gift cards for snacks. And uh, he has two mentors, a fireman and a police officer. So what's your point, Pete? What's your point? My point is that there's so many of these things being handed out and good, hardworking people. Now there's the threat of Social Security being stopped if they don't come to this big uh, disagreement with the government. With, uh, saying. So it's horrible. It's horrible. Now, how does that relate uh, to migrants? How does that relate to the, the well, topic? Now, Russell... Which I never agree with him, but I agree on the thing about uh, Kenny being a good-looking guy because I met with Kenny. Nah, and I, nah, I, I don't jump to conclusions about Kenny like that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the thing. The thing is that uh, they, they, all these programs and the veterans are being pushed under the bus, pushed out of hotels. Uh, I'm sick of this. This is disgusting. Uh, and we're in the neighborhood where I am, uh, one of the good neighborhoods right now. 
They, they're housing them down there, and they're keeping very quiet about it. But the people are rebelling because they are the pantries are being overtaken. It's just an area near a snug harbor, not snug harbor, near a Bailey Seaton Hospital. Which so, what do you down. think? What do you think is the solution, Pete? Real quick, what do you think is the I solution? Can't come up, I know I can't come up with a solution. Drew, what do you think a solution is? You're smarter than me. Well, I don't know if I'm smarter than you, but but I do think I actually think the idea. Two things, Pete. I think the idea of putting him in a location, maybe like a like a Rikers or or somewhere like that. That's a big location. I think we got to vet him, and I think we should have. We should. We absolutely need to return to the remain in Mexico. We need to be vetting them before they come into the country, and maybe those that are here already, uh, if they've been in recently, they need to send them back, um, and then maybe they give them priority on the vetting or something like that. Um, you know, I feel bad for the people that come here. They're they're obviously most of them, not all of them, clearly, because, you know, there's a number of them on the terror watch list and gotaways and cartels and all of those. Um, I think we just have to make sure that they're clearly vetted. And the ones who genuinely are asylum, which probably is five or 10 percent, I think they should be obviously allowed in once they're vetted, once they're cleared, once then Americans can feel good about the process. But I think I think we have to absolutely go back to remain in Mexico. And I think we need to seal the border and start vetting at least who is here. And there needs to be some sort of accountability. Uh, you can't just say, OK, well, you're here. Good luck. And then one day, which are going to make them all legal citizens, even the ones with criminal records, which you'll never know about. I mean, no country in the world, Pete, opens its borders and basically has its sovereignty attacked on a daily basis like we're doing. Uh, it, it's abominable. And I actually do think, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan for like impeaching the president and throwing the word impeachment around. But I certainly think Mayorkas at minimum should be hauled in and questioned about it. I think it's outrageous. They have left our border in one of the most vulnerable security situations I can remember in modern history. Real quick. What are your thoughts, Pete? Real quick. Well, my thoughts is, you know, with Biden, he should be this is treason, what he did, let these people in and promise them everything but give them our pence. I mean, they got them on these carts, cots that are there. And before, they were getting them $500 a day hotel rooms. That's what they were expected. But this, there's no free ride. Somebody's got to pay for it. And what it's going to be is the taxpayers of New York. And the people should get out and get a hold of the congressman and, and get on everybody about this because this is an atrocious. This is going to be the end of society as we know it. I agree. And, you know, the thing that's amazing is that I, I wonder where all the protesters, why there haven't been more protests outside of some of these you know, facilities, outside of some of the politicians' offices, uh, because it's you and me, American taxpayers, New York City taxpayers, that are paying for all of it. And it, it is it is unsustainable. It's already unsustainable. Pete, we love you. And I'm so sorry to hear about your nephew, too. Uh, that is really, really heartbreaking, uh, my friend, just to hear that story. Our thoughts and prayers are with you um, so, so much. Uh, let's go to let's go to Robert. Uh, line six. Uh, Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I spoke with Rudy Giuliani and he agrees. This is a law enforcement problem now. The migrants need to be arrested and while being held securely in jails, they can be vetted. And we're going to find a lot of them do not belong here. 
and must be deported. By the way, I think it's going to be a huge number, don't you? I think it's going to be an enormous number that should not be here. Whatever number it is, it's also going to, if it starts happening where state and local officials arrest the migrants and detain them, they're going to start start stopping to come over as many. It'll s- slow the flow. 1,000%. get arrested when they come here. 1,000%. Right now they know they got a free ride, and you are absolutely correct. And once you hear that, oh, I don't blame them. If somebody said to me, hey, guess what? You know, you're going to get a, a nice hotel room. And, I mean, 50% of New York City's hotel rooms, that's tens of thousands of hotel rooms. And you're going to get room service, and you're going to get this, and you're going to get that. Boy, I don't blame I go, count me in. I mean, you know, it's better than the average New Yorker. My goodness, I don't blame them, but you are absolutely right. And, in fact, a lot of people who are border experts who know it uh, much better than I do, uh, they say, uh, and they've said this on the show when I've interviewed like a Tom Holman or Mark Morgan, those guys have all said that they believe, I think it's like less than 10% would actually qualify for real asylum. And, you know, you can't say, oh, just because, you know, uh, my money, I'd like to make more money. We'd all like to make more money. You know, it doesn't qualify you for asylum. You have to be, you know, persecuted. You have to be under, like, you know, dire circumstances persecuted uh, where you should be allowed entry. And it should be, again, still vetted, remain in Mexico till that 10% is cleared. And we have to figure out what to do with the ones that are here that clearly were not cleared. There are so many questions. Robert, thank you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talk about how retail theft is killing American businesses. When you hear what they said in Chicago, they basically, the message was from the police and others to retailers, you got to police yourselves. We can't handle it. We are being overrun. They're basically telling storekeepers to spend the money to invest, quote, in riot-proof glass. Uh, One bar owner, by the way, basically saying it's going to cost him almost $100,000 to put in riot-proof glass because there's been so many riots and store break-ins where they break in through the glass uh, that he just can't afford it. I mean, what kind of small business can say, okay, I'm just going to spend $100,000 and put riot-proof glass? Also, by the way, in New York City, uh, it came out recently, there has been uh, basically... It comes down to, it's like about 327 repeat offenders responsible for 30% of the 22,000 retail thefts in the city. So they're going to start keeping a list of serial shoplifters and also teach people in the retail sphere basically how to de-escalate things. Also put items in kiosks, uh, give them training, give them security best practices, I say throw the book at the repeat offender. It's a pretty easy solution, guys. One easy solution. And speaking of also crime, 
We're also going to be talking about now a witness has come forward, a stranger, uh, a strap hanger who was there on the train. She is a 66-year-old woman, and she is telling the New York Post that she saw everything. I'm going to give you the details of what she shared, and she is calling Daniel Penny, the Marine, a hero, and saying that she would testify on his behalf and is very upset that he has been charged now with second-degree manslaughter over the deadly encounter. So what are your thoughts of where that case is headed? The funeral for Jordan Neely is tomorrow, and you're going to hear from good old Al Sharpton. You know, I can't wait to hear that one. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about the migrants in New York that is overrunning the city uh, services on every different level, whether it's housing, whether it's education, health services, uh, and financially, we are busting at the seams. It is so bad that the New York governor is basically predicting that there will be tents set up in New York, uh, whether it's in Central Park uh, or somewhere else, and that there will be people, more people, if that's possible, sleeping on the streets of New York. Have you visited New York lately? There's a lot of them sleeping on the streets. Uh, we'll be stumbling all over all of them, if that's the case, if we see more of them. My goodness. one 800 848 Two. Uh, let's go to let's go to Mark. Line four. Mark, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing, Rita? So let me just say, if you really step back and take a look at what's going on, I mean, when is the last time you've ever heard a Democrat from New York kind of going against what Biden is failing to do? I think the writing on the wall says this. Joe Blow is out. Even the Democrats know there's no sane person is going to vote for him. Joe so Blow, you mean doing? Joe Blow Biden, you mean? Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, Sleepy Joe, whatever you want to call him. He's useless. But the puppet. So in in putting the pressure on him and continuing to see him do nothing, the American people in the, in the biggest Democrat neighborhoods, Brownsville, East New York, uh, Crown Heights, people are outraged over these migrants being put in in schools. Right. Never in a million years would you imagine this. They're going to remember that at the polls. And I think the Democrats, their ulterior motive is to put someone else at the forefront. I don't know who that's going to be, but they know Biden is out. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and and you know what? I do agree with you, Mark, about the part that I think people are going to remember it at the polls because it has been so apparent and and we're all seeing it. Like, I don't know of a single state in this country that isn't feeling the overwhelming no. adverse effects. Um, it's so transparent. And, and for, you know, Eric Adams, I, I, from what I understand, he's been a registered Republican for years and years. And all of a sudden he's left wing from far right to left wing. Look, for him to actually come out and say something, that speaks volumes. Yeah, 1,000 percent. And listen, I, I give him credit that at least he has been speaking out about it. Again, I also bring up he went down to the border. At least he did all of those things. Uh, it's yeah. a lot more than Joe yeah, Biden's yeah, done, Mark. Yes. Rita, I love your show, and I love that you give everyone a fair shot from the left to the right to come on. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. And we're going to continue your calls after the break, also talking about where you think the case of Daniel Penny is headed. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, a beautiful story coming from northern Michigan and Washington, D.C. We love doing this segment where we get to honor our veterans and their families. We do this every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, close to 100 veterans from World War II, the Korean and Vietnam Wars, spent the day in Washington, D.C., visiting the memorials dedicated to their service as part of a mid-Michigan honor flight. Wednesday was a day filled with visits to memorials that unlock memories of the past and had veterans remembering those that they serve with. Although a majority of the veterans on the honor flight served in the Korean and Vietnam Wars, there were three World War II veterans who were also honored during the trip. And a number of them, including one who was in the U.S. Army in World War II, upon gazing at the memorial, said, this is so wonderful. I remember being pleased, and I was younger, and my father and I, we went, um, and I remember hearing the stories from him about World War One. I. I endured World War Two, and now to be able to be here and to remember my comrades, it is unforgettable. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear. Also, veterans also visited the Korean and Vietnam War memorials, where they searched through countless names of their comrades for those they knew serve with, and they also paid their respects. Needless to say, it was extremely, extremely emotional for everybody taking part. And I love these honor flights, uh, especially as they bring our great heroes back to Washington to be able to see their comrades' names and to remember them and herald them and herald Really, everybody, I think, that has served in all the different wars. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Bravo to the Honor Flights and especially this group here from northern Michigan, sending all the folks there to Washington, D.C. Well, we are talking about the military, and I want to get your take on now what we are hearing. This is another witness who has come forward, and this witness is somebody who doesn't want her name released. She spoke to the New York Post It is a 66-year-old woman who asked not to be identified, but she said that she was on the train, uh, the F train, where the whole thing went down with Daniel Penny, the Marine, who put the chokehold on the very troubled and very aggressive homeless man, Jordan Neely, who soon after died. By the way, tomorrow will be the funeral for Jordan Neely. And because of that, uh, we're going to hear, obviously, a lot about his background. And it is heartbreaking. There is no question that it is downright just disturbing and troubling. Um, he lost his mother at a young age. Uh, his mother was killed by his stepfather. Um, you know, just years of, of neglect and trouble and drugs and so many issues. Uh, but also now it will turn very much to the future of Daniel Penny. And... We're hearing now from this witness who's giving a little bit more uh, description of what she says she saw firsthand. She says that absolutely Jordan Neely went on an explosive tirade uh, just before that caught on camera incident where you see the chokehold. And she says that Jordan Neely was telling people that he was willing to kill a mother blank. You can fill that in. And also take a bullet and go to jail. That's pretty serious stuff. I'm ready to kill a blank. That's 
even more serious than we heard before because we were hearing before from people that he was telling folks, I'm prepared to die. I don't care if I go to jail. She says she heard, I am ready to kill a blank, meaning I'm going to kill you pretty much, and I'm ready to take a bullet. So that's pretty scary. She says the rhetoric from Mr. Neely was very frightening, and it was really harsh, and it was downright dangerous. And she also said that what happened was people were gravitating toward the exit doors. We couldn't get out because we were still between stations. People exited quickly when we pulled in, and people were trying to call 911 when they were in the train. Everybody was in fear. She also said that if necessary, I will testify. I think that Mr. Penny deserves a chance. Mr. Neely, he gave people a cause to feel that their lives were being threatened. He didn't care. He said he didn't care. And I quote, consider Daniel Penny to be a hero. Wow. That is a very, very powerful statement. Again, coming from this woman who was on the train and she says she saw everything firsthand. Here is the attorney for Daniel Penny, for the Marine, and basically him saying how almost every New Yorker can understand the situation that this woman found herself in that day. The reality is that there is not a single living, breathing New Yorker, particularly anyone who rides the subways, who can't relate to exactly, you know, the sort of situation that my client was and the other passengers on that train were confronted with. Now, that is in no way, shape, or form to, you know, to, to seek to, uh, uh, you know, demean uh, uh, the, the victim in this case. Um, you know, mental health, as you guys have been talking about before I joined, is a very serious problem. We're in a crisis situation. Well, yeah, we indeed are in a crisis situation. And by the way, the woman also says that anything that can help Mr. Penny, but also help the homeless or mentally ill, is part of the reason that she feels she would be willing to testify on behalf of the Marine to draw attention to what's happening to the mentally ill on the streets to help them and also help other strap hangers. She says her concern is for all citizens of all colors. Uh, but she was absolutely in fear when she was on the train. And by the way, this really does heighten it. Now that we're hearing, uh, this is the first time I've heard that somebody has actually said he was willing to kill a mother blank uh, and take a bullet and go to jail. That actually is even more aggressive than we had heard before and more threatening, I think, if you're sitting on the train. It was scary enough what I had heard before, but this even, I think, takes it to a whole new level. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And also, the attorney, again, for Daniel Penny, the Marine, says that he believes... Uh, this may take a little bit of time to go through the process because, you know, that Bragg has now charged him, of course, with second-degree manslaughter. But he believes at the end of the day, his client will be found not guilty. Take a listen. You know, there is very little doubt in my mind that when everything is fleshed out and comes to light, that, you know, uh, my client, Daniel Penny, will be absolved of any uh, any wrongdoing here. Um, you know, he didn't enter the subway seeking to you know, harm anyone. He didn't see into the subway seeking to attack anyone. He was really putting himself in harm's way for the benefit of others. And he shouldn't be, you know, pilloried for that. He should be celebrated.
And again, this new witness coming forward who says she heard some very scary words from Jordan Neely saying that Daniel Penny, the Marine, is a hero. Um, the other detail, too, is that we are hearing the grand jury will be meeting maybe as early as next week. This is the grand jury that apparently has been seated in this case um, and could come back pretty soon, uh, could potentially even as early as next week come back and either throw out the charge that came from Alvin Bragg or reinforce it with an indictment. Where do you think this is headed? Uh, do you think a jury of New Yorkers, because it's supposed to be a jury of your peers on the grand jury, they usually remain anonymous, they're supposed to, uh, do you think that a jury of other New Yorkers will come back and say, after hearing this information, and you hope that the DA presents this information in the Trump case, remember it was like everything's anti-Trump, 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 and he was just on a mission clearly to get Trump. Again, you don't have to present all of this before the grand jury, but you never know in this case. So maybe the grand jury has heard some details of the case and heard that there's mixed messages or have been on the subway themselves. I think it's going to be very hard if they've been on the subway uh, to indict Daniel Penny, the Marine. By the way, this is interesting, too. There's word tonight that investigators believe they have tracked down one of the two men seen on the recording also helping Daniel Penny. Remember, if you look at that video, Daniel Penny's got a chokehold, of course, on the homeless man who we know now was making serious threats. So he's holding him in the chokehold. But Jordan Neely is flailing so much. We don't know if he was on drugs or if he was just, you know, that's uh, his personality with his mental illness. Who knows what's going on, right? But he was still flailing. So these two other people stepped in to help the Marine. And I always wondered what's going on with those two people. Will they be charged? We don't know. But now we're getting word that those two people, uh, at least one of the men, two of there were two men uh, that were seen on the recording, according to sources telling the New York Post, one of them has been tracked down. And it's not clear uh, which one the authorities have found or if they intend to charge either man. Do you think that they will be charged? And I think it's very important that you find those two men immediately and also find other strap hangers. Find as many people as you can just to get a full and clear picture of exactly what happened so everybody feels that justice is served. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anthony on line six. Anthony, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing? I mean, what was he supposed to do? They defunded the police. Now I have to carry a firearm. And they let criminals out of bail with no cash bail. You know, this thing kind of happened to me a couple of months ago. I never worried in my life. I have, I carry brass knuckles with me now. I went to a Met game, and on the way home, so the same guy like him doing the same thing, staring at my wife, saying he's going to stab somebody. I hit him right before we got off the train. I did what I had to do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not when you were in a combined area like that, you've got to make the first move. You can't wait for him to make a move. Absolutely. I mean, there's no cops. Absolutely. You know, I'm afraid for this kid because in Manhattan, very left, they're making it a racial issue. Very left is not a slam dunk for this kid. I wouldn't trust them people in Manhattan. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's interesting. Normally, I would say a grand jury in Manhattan, as we saw, is so anti-Trump, as you know, Anthony. I was not surprised yeah. that a grand jury would indict President Trump. But because it's about something, the subway, that's everybody. I mean, you have to have... You have to be like, uh, you know, like uh, in a coma to not. Right away, they made it. A, right away, they made it a black and white thing. 
and, and, and it shouldn't. And it shouldn't. Care. I agree with you. It shouldn't. Because I agree. And I don't think it had anything to do with it. Do you think race had anything to do with it, Anthony? What? Do you think race had anything to do with it? Absolutely not. I agree. By the way. Absolutely not. But you know how they are. They they find something to jump on. They love it. Everything's about race today. You know, especially if you're a white guy, you can't do anything. Defend yourself. Nothing. Right away, it's a racial issue, you know. And you are right that it, you're right that it should not be a race issue. I don't think a race had anything to do with it. I think there were people that were genuinely scared to death. I have no idea this woman, uh, who is not identified by the post, but she's saying that this homeless guy, Jordan Neely, was saying, I am willing to kill a blank. That, that's actually really, that is a huge direct threat to anybody. And I don't know what color skin she is. Uh, she's just obviously a citizen who is terrified and that's all that matters. And that is a really, really scary place. And you're right. I hate the fact that they've dragged in race. I think uh, race has zero to do with this. Let's go to Sandra, line one. Sandra, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, of course, I think the Marine should be pardoned because he is trained to save and protect people who are in trouble. And that's what he did. I just want you to know, if you haven't already mentioned it, because I wasn't listening earlier, um, the governor in Texas had a similar incident with another Marine who unfortunately fatally shot a protester during the 2020 um, protesting thing. And, and he pardoned him, or he's going to pardon him. And he's trying to tell Hochul to do the same thing and pardon this Marine who really meant to help and not to harm. Yeah, you know what? I remember that whole case, and, and I do that's remember right. that whole case. And you're right. I'm glad, though, you reminded everybody else. Uh, that's awesome. Sandra, thank you for uh, for that great reminder. Let's go to Alex in California. Line two, Alex, your thoughts. Uh, I just basically had one comment uh, uh, for the lawyers of Daniel Penny. Uh, basically, if his case goes to a jury trial, he should ensure that everybody sitting in that jury identifies with Western culture and Western values. Otherwise, he might actually end up being convicted. What do you mean? By What do you mean? Like what? What are you going to do, a screening and say what? Like uh, what, what would be your question to uh, dissect if they like Western values or not? Well, uh, I would ask. Well, you can just ask them directly. I mean, ask the jury potential jurist. Uh, do you? What do you think of Western values? Uh, do you identify with it? And if he says yes, uh, then uh, say. What do you okay, mean by Western values? Like uh, boots or uh, Western America? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, Western values. The values that made Western civilization the greatest civilization in the world. I know and what you're saying. I wanted you to clarify it to everybody else, because but but you know what. That that's a kind of a hard question to get to. I think I think they got to get to a lot of other questions first. But uh, I'm sure they'll be asked a lot of them, Alex. Uh, let's go to Joe. Line three, Joe. Uh, Western values or or uh, Eastern values? Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, howdy, ma'am. We have Western values here. Yeah, where's in the where's the rodeo? Where's the rodeo? Go ahead. <laughs> the rodeo, the rodeo. I want to listen to Abbott and Costello on the radio. <laughs> Listen, uh, Joe, you're great. You are great. (laughs) And you're the best, Rita. We love you. And listen, um, Kenny deserves a raise. He got me on this late. And he asked me my my opinion about my brother, American Marine. The charges should be dropped, dismissed with prejudice, so that rag, hag, bag, Alan Brad can't go after the Marine again. And when you let me know, 
when there's going to be the parade for him, and the dog and I, two American Marines, will be there cheering him on. We just got in from Manhattan, brought him there, and brother American veteran to Human Resource Administration. They denied him food stamps. They denied him emergency cash, measly $70 for a change of clothes for springtime. And he found out that his Medicaid dental coverage doesn't even cover a teeth cleaning. Oh. And yet the illegal invaders. Joe, you know what? You are, you break my heart. Joe, you break my heart when you tell me these stories because you know how much I love our veterans and they need to be at the front of the aisle. And uh, every time I, I, when you tell me something like this, I think, of course, sadly, of what's going on in Orange County where they kicked out the veterans and put the migrants in because they were making more money from the city, getting paid more money. So they accepted a better offer and kicked out the veterans. Uh, boy, uh, it is so heartbreaking. It, the world is upside down. We got to take care of our great, great veterans. I 1000% agree with you, my friend. Always appreciate your calls, Joe. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. What do you think is going to happen now to Daniel Penny? And what do you make of this new witness who is coming forward saying that Jordan Neely was even more threatening and saying some even more serious things than we had heard before? saying he was, quote, willing to kill a mother blank and take a bullet and go to jail. I'd say that's threatening. I'd say that's scary. We'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. has come forward saying that Jordan Neely on that F train subway car was making some very serious threats before the Marine Daniel Penny took him down and put him in the chokehold. Also word that they have now located uh, at least one of the two men seen on the video helping Penny restrain Neely. Remember there was one guy who was holding his arms. The other was holding his shoulders and, uh, And they have at least located one of the two men that were on that videotape that's gone viral all over the world uh, that were assisting uh, Neely, uh, assisting rather Penny. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Will they be used as witnesses? Will they indeed be charged? Uh, I mean, are they going to be accessory to manslaughter? You know, I mean, he's charged with second degree manslaughter. Uh, How do you separate the two? Maybe they'll come forward and say, boy, he was just going so crazy, uh, Jordan Neely, that we absolutely had to restrain him. That's what it looks like in the video. But I think it's important to hear what they said, what also Daniel Penny said. According to this witness, she overheard Jordan Neely saying that he was willing to kill a mother blank and take a bullet. That is really scary stuff. And she is calling the Marine a hero. 1-800-848-922. Two, two. Uh, let's go to Jimmy. Uh, let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn, line five. Go ahead, Jim. Yes, all the other witnesses in a train car should step up and come out. This guy risked his life to save you. You could come up and save him. But also, all the veterans, all the ex-Marines or Marines that are retired, they're still Marines, all the families who had relatives who were in the military, even if they're past, World War II veterans, everybody has to come out. Bring American flags, but bring Marine flags, and I'd love to bring a communist flag and burn it. 
People have to realize what this battle's about. We need black reverends. We need people coming out there praying. We got to show this is the people, all the people united against crime and helping this man who, who risked his life to save people. And, and by the way, Jimmy, I agree that it needs to be people of all races, creed, color. Um, I don't think it's a black and white issue. It shouldn't be a black and white issue, which is why I love your idea of having as many people as possible out there from all walks of life. Uh, saying we have to fight crime uh, together because good people want to stay safe. That is the bottom line. Uh, let's go to Dave, line six. Dave, your thoughts. Hey, I'm here. How are you? I'm good. What do you think should happen to the Marine? Well, I think that Marine is a hero. I'm prior military myself. I'm Army and actually went through similar situations twice in Yonkers here. Oh, you did? And what happened in yours real quick? Uh, did you stop somebody, or what are you saying? Well, I had one one man completely passed out on the sidewalk, and I, I woke him up, and, and he was not coherent. So I brought him home and, and sent him on an Uber back to where he lived. Beautiful. And then, uh, uh, by the way, David, I had a, I had a man outside of outside of a store. Uh, incoherent, just threatening everybody. Just and real quick, what angry. happened, David? Real quick. So I, 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 I talked to him and I said, "Listen, what?" Well, and by the way, Dave, I'm glad it worked there. Often talking doesn't work with other cases. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.